ocean Well, my friend It's gonna have to be Of all the evil it will have to end ah, It's gonna be alright You're listening to Socialist News and Views with your host, Nick Schillingford I'm Nick Schillingford coming to you from the Urban Cabin Studios in South Minneapolis with this Socialist News and Views, our regular June episode, episode 47. In the second part of today's program, we have a speech by Marsha Howard, first vice president of Minneapolis Federation of Teachers, MFT 59, from February 26, 2023 at the MFT and ESP rally to support East Phillips against the demolition of the Roof Depot. But we start with news. May 25th was the three-year anniversary of the police murder of George Floyd. City Council member Robin Wonsley posted on Facebook that day, quote, Today is the third anniversary of George Floyd's murder by Minneapolis police. It's no secret that hundreds of lives have been taken and or brutalized by the police. This is why my office brought forward an honorary resolution recognizing victims of police brutality. We were joined by George Floyd's family, Tashira Garraway-Allen, founder of Families Supporting Families Against Police Violence, and Janelle Austin, co-founder of George Floyd Global Memorial and caretaker of 38th and Chicago, George Floyd Square. I know Minneapolis has a particularly dark history of police brutality, and the lists of those impacted are far too long. This is why I stand firm in my commitment to fight for a comprehensive public safety system that goes beyond policing, end quote. The three-year anniversary was marked with a three-day community rise and remember event which included art, music, candlelight vigil, a conference, mutual aid, vaccine clinic, and much more. Nelson Mandela's grandson, Daba Mandela, visited George Floyd Square at 38th and Chicago during the event. State repression targets the Stop Cop City movement is the title of an article by executive editor and senior columnist Margaret Kimberly on Black Agenda Report on June 7th. The article says in part, quote, no one should be shocked that members of the Atlanta City Council listen to hours of impassioned testimony from their constituents opposing what they call a public safety training center, yet still voted to approve an initial $31 million expenditure by a vote of 11 to 4. The center is commonly and more accurately known as Cop City, and thousands of people have mobilized to keep it from being built, end quote. It highlights the recent arrest by SWAT team of organizers of the Atlanta Solidarity Fund, a bail fund set up to help stop cop city arrestees, and charges of felony intimidation of an officer recently brought against three other organizers. The article says, quote, the next step in stopping the cop city scam is to put a referendum on the ballot. Organizers must secure 75,000 signatures from registered voters within the next two months in order to give voters a voice in the process, direct democracy, is the tool, but the same people who use SWAT teams to arrest organizers won't stop either, end quote. We will link to the hours of testimony mentioned in the piece in the show notes and plan to release an extra of one of the public comments from Olive O'Reilly that received a standing ovation from the crowd in City Hall. The Unions and Workers Supporting Cop City Protesters is the title of an article by Sarah Lazar 
on Workday Magazine on June 8th. The article is co-published by In These Times and Real News Network. The article quotes UPS worker and Teamster member Bill Amen as saying, quote, cops are the first line of defense for business owners and employers, so I think it makes sense for labor to oppose Cop City, end quote. Amen, who is also involved in Teamsters for a Democratic Union, says training at Cop City will include tactics that can be used to crush strikes, and these tactics could be used to crush a potential strike of UPS workers whose contract ends July 31st. The article says 350,000 Teamsters could be set to go on strike. The article also focuses on Home Depot's ties to Cop City and workers who are speaking out on those connections. You can read more on workdaymagazine.org. Workers Strike Back kicked off its launch in New York City on June 9th. The panel for that included, according to YouTube, Brianna Joy Gray of Bad Faith, Socialist Seattle City Council member Shama Sawant and Pulitzer Prize winning journalist Chris Hedges. Ralph Nader also recorded a message for the event. Folks from Amazon workers, UPS Teamsters, Columbia postdoctoral workers and Association of Legislative Employees, among others, were present at the event. At the event, Chris Hedges replied to a question about the recent announcement by Cornell West that he is running for president with the People's Party and said that he was encouraging West to look at running with the Green Party and running with Shama Sawant. Now we're going to play the full introduction to that New York Workers Strike Back launch event, which outlines a number of the labor and political struggles that have been engaged in in recent times. Here's that introduction from Dan Krupp. My name is Dan Krupp. I'm a longtime member of Socialist Alternative and the president of the New York City Council Union, which is called the Association of Legislative Employees. We are the largest union of legislative workers in the country and are in solidarity with all of the workers all across the country, from Oregon to Washington, D.C. to Albany, lots of legislative workers organizing, all part of a wave, a really exciting way we're organizing that we're going to talk about tonight. So just to briefly frame what brings us all here tonight, we've seen in the past couple of years some historic attacks on workers, and it didn't start with the Trump administration. It's ongoing through the Biden administration and preceded the Trump administration. But lately, let's just kind of quickly review what we've seen that really stands out, a couple of things. Of course, there have been historic attacks on the right to strike. So the recent Glacier Northwest decision, incredibly concerning coming out of the Supreme Court, trying to handcuff private sector unions, of course, public sector unions, of which I'm in one, you know, if you're in professional staff, Congress organizing here at CUNY, you're handcuffed by the Taylor Law, which says we as public sector workers cannot strike. Uh, a terrible thing that we've got to overturn. Of course, there's been a cascade of oppressive anti-trans legislation going on across this country. And you can't stand up here and talk about anything without talking about, of course, what have been happening the past 48 72 hours, not just in New York, but across so much of the East Coast, the terrible wildfire smoke, that's an unmistakable reminder of climate change's forward march. And the last thing I wanted to, to kind of lift up, you know, is the close of the legislative session in Albany. We all know that New York is in a housing crisis. We've been in a housing crisis, but it's probably the worst it's ever been. To rent the average apartment in New York City you need to earn $134,000 in order for that apartment to be affordable. Now, affordable means 30% of your income is still going to rent, which is a huge amount. So just 
those eye-watering figures, and we know what the result of unaffordability has been in New York. We've seen a huge exodus of people of color, a stampede of gentrification, and of course, the worst record homelessness levels ever in New York City, over 80,000 people sleeping in shelter. Of course, uh, part of that is the migrant crisis that our federal government has so deeply failed to, uh, to, to, to do the right thing on. All of this is Mayor Adams is adding nearly $2 million to the New York City Police Department budget this year. So we know whether it's workers' rights, whether it's trans rights, whether it's fighting back against the police state, there are many ways that we need to unite our movements and fight. So for not just today, but for many decades, there have been no answers from the corporate political parties to these key questions of our time, housing, climate change, foreign policy. I could go on and on. However, hope is alive. We are seeing a new surge of interest in unions and workplace organizing. Gallup showed last year 71% of Americans approve of labor unions, which is the highest approval since 1965. And in fact, clear majorities across all political parties and those who say they have no political party, majorities of Republicans approve of labor unions, and of course, Democrats and independents as well. 2021 saw the number of new union members increase by almost 7%, which was the largest increase in union membership since the year 2000. My union, the Association of Legislative Employees, is a small part of that wave. We are seeing workers organizing, of course, from Amazon to Starbucks, and I'm really excited to hear our speakers from Amazon tonight, the workers from Amazon. Amazon to Starbucks to legal defense attorneys and academic workers. So one thing is true, if history is any guide, it's gonna take a united mass struggle with clear demands to win better conditions for working people. And so what is Workers Strike Back? That's what's bringing us here tonight. It was launched by Socialist Alternative and our incredible council member, Shama Salant in Seattle, who I'm very thrilled is here tonight. I don't get to do the intro for Shama, but if I did, it would be very long. <laughs> Workers Strike Back is an independent movement organizing in our workplaces and on the streets against the bosses and their political servants. And that's why Workers Strike Back is organizing around five key demands for a real raise for working people, for good union jobs for all, for an end to racism, sexism, and all forms of oppression, for better housing and health care, and for a new party that fights for and accountable to working people. And so far, Workers Strike Back has provided support for Amazon workers in motion unionizing, they'll be speaking later, as I mentioned. We held a nationwide Glacier Week of Action to defend uh, the right to strike. We've been on the picket line with the Writers Guild of America, super excited to have a speaker from WGA tonight. They've been holding it down now several weeks. Very impressive a chat GPT generated sitcom. Um, you can write a sitcom about that. The uh, PCC grocery workers we've stood with in Seattle, Tuxa workers in Philly, the LA teacher strike, my union at City Hall, I could go on, there are lots more unions that Worker Strike Back has really been trying to pull together many, many 
you know, ordinary folks who care about workers' rights to come together on the picket line or wherever we're needed. Um, you can see some of these uh, images from the slideshow here, uh, giving just a taste of what we've been up to. So, what's the plan for tonight? We're going to hear from a bunch of people who are fighting for better working and living conditions within their unions, from workers who are fighting for unions in their workplaces, and leaders in the fight against the corporate political establishment. At the end of the event, there'll be plenty of time to discuss with Worker Strike Back organizers. You can check out our shirts, and you can buy one at the end. And, uh, and uh, at the, uh, ultimately, uh, you know, we want workers in this room to get involved, get involved with Worker Strike Back. How many folks here, just as a sense, put up your hand, how many folks here are in a union? Wow, look around. Look around, that's pretty impressive. How many folks here are organizing a union? Okay, got a couple of hands, so I feel like, yeah. We all know how hard that is. Exciting, fun, but it is hard work. So ultimately we're here because we want to get organized to rebuild a fighting labor movement. So are you excited? Are you ready? Alright, so let's keep that excitement and that love going in this room. And now we go to a musical break with Solidarity by Black Uhuru. The version is from the album Black Uhuru Liberation, the Island Anthology, released in 1993. Here it is. What's the matter, people? Solidarity. Solidarity. For a living, everybody wants their children warm. Everybody wants to be forgiven. They want a shelter from the storm. Look at me, I ain't your enemy. We walk and come on ground. We don't need to fight each other. What we need, what we need. Solidarity. Solidarity. 
And now we go to a speech given in February by Marsha Howard, the first vice president of MFT 59, Minneapolis Federation of Teachers. This was at a teacher and education support professionals in solidarity with Defend the Depot event. We'll link to our previous episodes on the East Phillips neighborhood, Little Earth and Defend the Depot movement. At this time, multiple sources are reporting the East Phillips community has secured funding from the state legislature to buy the old roof depot site from the city and move forward with plans for an urban farm and community hub. But these do say the community is required to raise additional money for the project. In this speech, Marsha Howard talks about inoculation. Obviously, the dictionary definition of this is a medical term, quote, the action of immunizing someone against a disease by introducing infective material, microorganisms, or vaccine into the body, end quote. But in the labor world, we mean something a little different. According to inoculation and the boss on organizer training on workerorganizing.org, quote, Inoculation means bracing yourself for a whole host of possible reactions from the boss so you can feel confident in standing firm. Think of it as a type of emotional preparedness, end quote. In this speech, Marsha Howard is speaking of what reactions the city has had to organizing coming out of George Floyd Square at 38th in Chicago, specifically in response to the Justice Resolution 001, and what reactions they will have to organizing with Defend the Depot. But this inoculation, as it is called, can be applied to any time you do protest, direct action, civil disobedience, or not so civil disobedience that seeks to challenge the systems that are in place. We should be aware that the powers that be will pull out all the stops to keep control of their money and power. Here's the speech. Thank you so much. Next, we have Marsha. Hello, my name is Marcia Howard. I am uh, an English teacher at Roosevelt High School. I've been there since 1998. I'm also the first vice president newly elected of MFT 59. And I'm also at George Floyd Square at 38th and Chicago and have been for over a thousand days. of George Floyd on that corner. Um, I thought about what I wanted to talk about, not only as a, a teacher, uh, a member of the Eco Justice Working Group, but also as um, 
a person that is in the middle of a fight for the 24 demands of Justice Resolution 001. And um, after hearing these powerful speakers so far, I thought about what I'm really good at, and that's this, inoculating. And what I need to do for all of you who are of the right heart, of the right mind, who are ready to join us in this fight, who are already involved in this fight, I need to warn you about some stuff, mm -hmm. just based on my own experiences since May 25, 2020. Mm -hmm. I need to warn you about the fact that they knew, and when I say they, I mean the powers that be. I ain't gotta name names. I don't have to name names of people whose houses I've been in, and you know who I'm talking about, whose babies I've had on my lap, right? Who I've gotten ice water from their kitchen as we've negotiated these demands over the last three years. And these are the same people who have called me while I'm standing in the middle of a street and said, they calling you a terrorist. You're gonna call me and tell me this January 5th, 2021. January 6th, I said, you were saying, you were saying, I need to warn you that when you're in this fight, the mood is about to change, and they're going to use words like terrorists to aunties, to relatives, to our elders, to people who are parents and grandparents that are standing at a defunct roof depot just saying, please stop poisoning on my people. Stop poisoning us. Don't try it. Let us use this building. Oh, oh, you were willing to let us use this building when you wanted to do trade for one of the 24 demands that had to do with housing. And then we took meetings. Yeah, I'm telling stories. We took meetings about, in, or instead of that demand, we'll give you Roof Depot, we'll give East Phillips East, that depot. Okay, fine, because, you know, it's a negotiation. So you're willing to do that before an election, and then everybody was like, oh, yay, they won. And then, yoink, you took it right back. You never intended for them to have that. No. They never intended. They never intended. Oh, but a birdie told somebody, oh, y'all had another, oh, you got the waterworks that you could have used. You could have used that. Oh, but, you know, y'all already know they got these condos popping up every five minutes, right? It'll make them some money over there. It'll make them some money over there. And then you start thinking about development. And then you see the way in which they treat even your space, 38 Chicago, which is a little nothing about nothing, right? But then I remember a 25-year-old first-year teacher buying a house, and I was determined to buy a house three miles from my school. I didn't know nothing about Minneapolis. I took a little map, I did a little circle, and I said I wanted to live by my students. I wanted to run into my students' parents at the grocery store. And so I bought a home on 38 and my block, right? <laughs> Hold up. Here was the selling point. They showed me 38 in Chicago and they said, here's a mock-up of what it's about to look like. It's an up-and-coming neighborhood. And it was like 1998 digital sort of like rough, and, and where a church was, was a, a grocery store on the bottom and a four or five level condo on top. Ooh, this gonna be nice. So I bought my four bedroom house on a double lot a block from 38 in Chicago for 69.9 because it was the hood, right? 
I couldn't even buy a stoop, a stairwell on my block for that amount anymore. So when y'all talk about what's going on at 38 in Chicago, understand they had a goal that was 10 to 20 to 30 years in the future. Yeah. And they working backwards, y'all. Yeah. And when y'all look at the Roof Depot, they had a goal. And they don't want you messing with their money. God bless you. God bless you. But they don't want you messing with their money. They don't care about the arsenic. They don't care about the asthma. I care. I got kids who don't come to school because of asthma attacks. I've been teaching for 24 years. My, my brother-in-law, a grown-ass man, died of an asthma attack. Of asthma. And they're acting as if. I think the words were, no one's going to die from this project. <laughs> one of my comrades, one of my relatives, Frank Yellow, from 38 in Chicago, indigenous brother, he would leave the fire and go and occupy the roof depot. I'm telling his business because he passed away, and so I can. And we would supply him with what he needed, and he would go and occupy. He says, all I want to do is make sure that my people have someplace safe and warm. What you need? So if y'all saw and you contributed to the propane tanks and the tents and the blankets, that was for that. And they kept doing it, even when the police kept showing, coming up and rolling them and kicking them out. He says, this building is so big and they see that we are freezing. Why are they kicking us out? The plants for the roof depot, the, the aquaponics, the yeah. farming, the housing, the <clears throat> businesses, all of that makes sense, right? And so their opposition to it don't make no sense. But if it yeah. don't make sense, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. So this is what I want to warn you about. This is about to get what we call spicy. Yeah. It's going to get spicy. If you bout that life, I need you to prepare. If you bout that life, you need to prepare. And what they're going to do is malign you in the press. They're going to tell the, the powers that be are going to tell the public because they are in cahoots now with commercial media and try to paint you as rabid, vociferous. I don't bad jacket anybody else, but I'm going to tell you this. Um, be careful, too about folks um, they need someone to act a straight ass fool in public in order to paint the entire movement and all of us I need you to be careful do you understand now if we were on the street corner if we were by the fire we, we could talk a little bit more free but I need you to understand how this is working so I need you to conduct yourself accordingly. Be like water. But you have to start acting. You have to let them know. If it's one of us, what's she say, five to 500? So one to 100. Where there's people, there's power. And it's never just you. It's going to be you and everybody behind you. 
everybody behind you and you need to let your elected representatives know that I don't know what plans they got for re-election, but it ain't gonna happen the way they think it's gonna happen. Right. If they yeah. move the way that they move. I kept people's name out of my mouth. Y'all know I keep a fucking body cam on. Y'all know I keep a body cam on. And I've kept people's name out of my mouth, but I'm telling you right now, on this one, on this one, we're going to be rolling tape. Y'all better stop playing with me. Stop playing with the people of the East Phillips neighborhood. All they are asking for is safety. All they are asking for is consideration. All they are asking for is a safe place for them to thrive and who are we to deny them and one more note there will be a roof depot block party and celebration on sunday june 18th at cedarfield park from 1 to 8 p.m with honorings and giveaways speakers live performances, free food, booths and stands, and community aid. Link to the flyer in the show notes. And that's our episode, Solidarity. This has been another edition of Socialist News and Views with your host, Nick Schillingford.